Hello there and welcome to the episode of the Hardwi- Hardwired Hockey Podcast featuring your hosts, Matthew Sheridan, and uh, I am Tyler Prosick. Today we're going to be covering the NHL and taking a look at uh, the proposed All-Canadian division, the NHL 56-game schedule, uh, a little bit into the Canadian World Juniors announcement today, and finish it off with some rumors as well as some Leafs and Panthers talk. So, uh, Matt, how you doing? Good, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Excited to get get our first episode started. Um, so basically, Matt and I uh, met through school. Uh, we both go to Ryerson University, and Matt approached me um, and asked if I wanted to uh, just start our platform off with uh, this podcasting. And so to start here, I think we'll we'll stick with the All Canadian Division to start and. Uh, Matt, uh, what's your opinion on this proposed idea by the NHL? Yeah, um, I really like this idea. Um, I truly believe that some of the Canadian rivalry, rivalries are the best in all of hockey. Um, you, of course, have the resurgence of the Edmonton-Calgary rivalry, and then what went down last season between Zach Cassian and Matthew Kachuk, as well as Montreal and Toronto always trying to put on a show when they play each other. So it, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, from what I've read on Twitter, uh, a lot of people love this idea and would not be opposed to it becoming a full-time thing, even though it hasn't happened yet. So I know this time zones will become a struggle for some teams, but if the hockey is good, then I think the NHL um, would be smart if they looked into making it a full-time thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I also, I love the idea. Um, I think it's going to make the whole, the whole division realignment is going to make the NHL a lot more interesting and it's going to attract a lot of viewers um, considering they're going to need the help with fans. Um, I, I think it's going to be a really great chance, not just for teams. Actually, I think it's gonna be a great chance for a bunch of teams that don't usually have a shot, uh, at the playoffs to actually try and make the playoffs. So, um, I put, yeah. And I put the, um, the divisions, um, the proposed divisions, uh, that aren't confirmed from Pierre Lebrun. Um, and basically, so from the Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, both the New York's Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington. That was one of the proposed divisions. Um, I think what sucks for Buffalo who just signed hall is now their chances are like a lot worse. um, In my opinion, because you know, you got Washington, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, the Islanders and Boston, all who usually are playoff teams. Yeah. That's, that's another thing. I I think that's a good point that you made. You look at, Maybe even New Jersey could be better than them if they they struggle out of the gate. That's going to be a really tough division. You've got Washington, who's won the Metro the past few years. Pittsburgh's really good. The Flyers surprised a lot of people, made a deep run in the playoffs. Boston's always a tough team. And then the Islanders, even though they're cap-strapped, they're they're always in the the midst of the battle, and the New York Rangers are on the up-and-coming. So it's going to be tough for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. And when and then looking at another one of the proposed uh, divisions here is uh, it's both Florida teams, Tampa Bay and the Panthers, um, yep. Minnesota, Nashville, Chicago, Detroit, Columbus, and Carolina. I, I what what do you think of this division? I to be honest, all these realignments it, it, it's it's going to take a lot to get used to just because of how everyone's used to the the normal divisions. But I, I like this division as well. I think it's going to every division has a lot of talent in Carolina was absolutely amazing in the playoffs. Aho, Sveshnikov, those guys are going to be good for a long time. Columbus Blue Jackets, yeah. um, rumors are swirling with Hoffman, so if they can sign a guy to um, replace Nyquist, then that's someone who's, that's a team that's going to be really, really good. 
Detroit's still struggling, so I don't expect them to do much this year. Um, Chicago's mm-hmm. a team that could surprise some people. Um, Florida's really, really good. They added a lot of great guys this offseason. And then you've got Tampa, who's <laughs> the defending cup champions. Um, the Minnesota Wild um, are always a team that could surprise some people. And then Nashville's, of course, have, have, have a lot of talent up front as well. Yeah. Um, it's important to note for our listeners that Matt is a Leafs fan and I am a Panthers fan. That's why he laughed a little bit uh, during the Florida thing. Uh, I heard that. Uh, anyway, um, the next division would be um, Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, the Kings, San Jose, St. Louis, and Vegas. Um, for, for me personally, uh, this division, I think, is one of the most boring uh, because Colorado, Vegas are going to take the top two spots. And then it's from there, like Anaheim, Arizona, L.A., San Jose. They're not, in my opinion, they're not really shaped for the playoffs. Um, what do you think of this proposed division? I agree with you. Anaheim's, again, they have a lot of young talent, but they're not going to be good for a few years. Arizona, they haven't really done anything to improve this offseason. Colorado and Colorado is an amazing team. Like they're one of my cup favorites for sure. Their addition of De- Devon Tays in the offseason helped them immensely. Um, Dallas Stars, everyone, everyone was surprised when they made that run to the cup finals. Um, LA Kings are going to be good in a few years. They've got one of the best prospect pools, but I don't expect them to make a difference this season. San Jose was at the bottom of the league, and I don't expect a lot of things to change. St. Louis and Vegas, of course, are very talented teams. That I, I see this the top three teams in this division being the Avalanche, the Blues, and the Knights. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally looking at uh, the Canadian division, um, like in, in regards to playoff odds and everything, uh, the only only thing that sucks for some of the teams in here is, you know, Winnipeg and Calgary are now kind of in, in a pickle. Because, you know, Toronto is probably a playoff lock. Uh, Edmonton's up there with uh, – with their new additions and like Tyson Berry and, and stuff. Um, Cal- you know, Calgary, Calgary is a shot, I think, because Markstrom, if he plays like he did last year, but uh, who do you think, who do you think is going to make the playoffs out of these, this division? Um, I'm not going to, my bias is going to come through, but I really do think that the Leafs could make a difference this year. Finally win their first playoff series since 2004. I know a lot of Leafs mm-hmm. fans want that to happen. Um, and Edmonton, like you mentioned, they have, two of the greatest players in the, in the world. So whenever you have that, and then they made a lot of solid additions, they're top six. So I think, mm-hmm. I think they're going to pose a threat. Um, as much as I hate to admit it, Montreal could sneak in there. Depends on how yeah. they play. Um, Vancouver, a lot of people are thinking that they're going to be worse because they lost Markstrom and Tanev and Vertan, uh, not Vertan and uh, Levo. But mm-hmm. um, I think that they could make a, um, some noise. And of course you've got Winnipeg and Ottawa and those, those teams I don't expect to make the playoffs just because of how talented the other teams are. And, and the thing is with uh, Montreal, I think although a lot of their season depends on how well Carey Price does, um, I think, you know, the addition of uh, Toffoli and uh, Anderson is, is, is going to help them quite a bit this year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wouldn't, I didn't really like the deal because of, of how much it costs for Anderson and Domi in the second, but mm. Mark Bergevin sees something. Um, 
he has potential. He put up, I think, 20-plus goals one season, but he's been injured, and he hasn't really proven himself. So to give him that big of a contract was a big red flag in my books. But, again, he could make a difference, yeah. and I really like the signing of Tyler Toffoli because any goal scoring and he can provide exactly that. Yeah, um, and a team in the Canadian division that I think could be interesting this year is Ottawa. Um, I read somewhere the other day that Pierre Dorian was saying that they're gonna they could be buyers at the trade deadline, and I thought that was kind of wild because you know their team's so young and they're all just coming into their own in the next couple of years. Why would you risk you know trading some top assets to add when you're not ready to win? Yeah, it, I can see where he's coming from. I mean, they were aggressive in free agency. They went out and signed Dadnov and got Watson and good Branson and all those guys. But like you said, they're, they're still a young team. They're going to have to wait until guys like Josh Norris and Drake Batherson are fully developed until they can, until in my opinion, they can make a, a deep run, but it's, it's always mm-hmm. a positive to, for the fans at least to see that their general manager and the team are thinking well into the future and trying to contend. Yeah. Um, how do you think uh, Matt Murray's going to do this year? Just just off the top of your head. That's a tough one. Uh, I've always liked Murray. Um, watching him with Sault Ste. Marie in the OHL, I thought he was a great goalie. And then he mm-hmm. came into Pittsburgh and pretty much stole the job from Fleury and, and looked absolutely amazing winning two cups a few years back. But he's really struggled as of late. And I think the mm-hmm. change of scenery was welcome for both um, sides. I think the, the cap hit was a bit... Um, much right now, given how much he struggled, as I mentioned. But if he can go in there and play well, then I think they've found their goalie of the future. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a great um, addition. Um, you know, uh, if uh, then Ottawa actually gets you know into a legitimate talks about them contending within the next one to three years or whatever it may be. Um, yeah. So. Uh, with the NHL announcing their 56-game schedule starting on, I think it's the 13th, right, January 13th? Yeah. Yeah, it's something like that, I think. Um, what do you think of 56 games compared to the usual 82? I think 56 games is great. Um, although it is impossible to fit in an 82-game schedule, given the time constraints and the broadcast mm-hmm. rights for stations like NBC um, with the, the Olympics going on in July, um, I think after the hiccups that have been going on in the past few weeks, between the NHL and the NHLPA um, to finally come to an agreement is what all hockey fans want to hear. And I'm just extremely excited that hockey's back. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the, that's the main thing. I think everyone's thinking like, who cares that it's not 82 games, at least the NHL is coming back. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw, I saw something on, uh, I think it was Twitter. I usually find information on Twitter. Um, I think Elliot Friedman might have reported it that the NHL is thinking of uh, advertisements on health. Yeah, that's that's an interesting idea. Um, I can see why. Like you look at all over Europe, and they've got a bunch of advertisements on their jerseys to try and make extra money. And I can see mm-hmm. with the whole pandemic and having how teams usually gross hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. I think the New Jersey Devils, I read, um, made four point one million dollars a season, which. They were they made money, which which is a shock. But uh, yeah, I can see why they're doing this just to try and get that extra money. It's going to be weird, though. Yeah, yeah, I, that's the thing. I think it's just going to be weird to get used to. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I don't really, I don't really think ways to make money is important for all the leagues. Um, 
Um, and I noticed the Panthers were the first team to have their arena approved by health officials to uh, host fans if the government uh, allows it. So I thought that was interesting to note as well. Yeah, it, I mean, it must be exciting for you. I, I'd give any <laughs> like watching games and like in Europe and stuff and trying to keep up with prospects for the hockey writers. Uh, it, it was yeah. really nice to see some fans in the stands and it's something that no one's going to take granted for again. And even though it's not yeah. going to be full capacity, to have some noise and to have some fans. And I think it's going to be great for everyone if they do approve, uh, if they do allow um, fans into the stands in Florida. Yeah, um, I think uh, it's it's an important part of the game. But like if, if COVID still as bad as it is like right now, um, I think it's better to just you know, wait until it's the right time instead of bringing people back and then getting outbreaks and all this, this nonsense. Yeah. You, you've got to do um, it safely. There's, yeah. Um, there was like 2,500 fans allowed in a KHL arena. So I think um, they've been doing it with college football and stuff, but of course it's the safety that's number one. So if, if they think that the outbreaks are going to be bad, then I a hundred percent agree. Don't allow fans in the stadiums. But I think if they can find a way to make, um, to allow fans into the stadium, why not look into it? Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Um, and so recently, uh, a couple hours ago, uh, Canada came out with the World Juniors official roster. I think it was the 25-man roster. Um, the released roster today. Yeah, it's oh, there's so much talent on Canada. This is one of the deepest rosters that they've had in a really long time. Um, mm -hmm. Their goalies, Taylor Gauthier, Dylan Garand, and Devin Levi. Um, Taylor Gauthier is the only 2021 NHL draft eligible player on this entire roster. So it's impressive yeah. to see him get the get the nod as well. I think they've got um, a, a bunch of impressive goalies that can make a difference. Their defense, Bowen Byram, first round pick of Colorado is going to be an absolute stud. Jamie Drysdale, mm -hmm. Again, Anaheim, first-round pick. Thomas Harley, Dallas, first-round pick. Braden Schneider, Caden Gooley, Justin Barron, Jordan Spence, and Caden Korzak. So they've got an embarrassment of riches up and down the lineup. And then Connor McMichael, Dylan Cousins, Kirby Doc. Kirby Doc, it's not even going to be fair to watch him because he's an NHL-ready player. Um, yeah. Caden Krebs, Quinn Byfield, Graham Clark, Holloway, Newhook, Pelletier, Zari Mercer, Tomasino, and Perfetti and Reese. And I know you're, you must be really excited to see Perfetti as you know him pretty well. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that, but like, uh, he went, so he went Grew to my high school. So, well, just, just in, uh, for a semester in high school and, uh, you know, yeah, we're, we're acquainted. Um, but no, I'm, I'm a big fan of Perfetti. Uh, you know, uh, he's from Whitby, so you gotta support him. Um, I think, I think it was kind of BS that he didn't get on the team last year, but I understand why he didn't. Uh, not even second overall pick, Quinton Byfield, who's probably going to be one of the best players on the rock last year when he made the team. So, you know, um, I'm excited to see uh, Perfetti play. Um, I was really hoping he dropped to Florida during the NHL draft, and that did not happen. So, you know, have to be a little bit of a supporter for Winnipeg. Um but yeah, you know, anyone from your hometown, you got to support as much as possible. I think. Um, yeah. Is there any is there any worries you have about Team Canada? Any any holes? 
Um, if I had to pick apart anything, their forwards and defensemen are so good. I think it's just yeah. you don't really know what you're getting with your goalies. Any one yeah. of them. I was shocked when Brett Brochu got cut just because I've, I've followed him for a long time and he had an amazing uh, season with the London Knights last year. But again, yeah. that's I'm nitpicking right now and I don't know who would be the starter, but that's about it. That's all I could really say right now. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I'm exact same. Like the only, you know, I wouldn't even say a weak spot because all the guys are pretty darn good would be the goalies. Um, it's interesting to note, uh, Devin Levi was uh, uh, the seventh overall pick er, the Florida Panthers this year. So uh, the Panthers have uh, two goalies in the World Juniors this year. It's obviously so Devin Levi for Canada and Spencer Knight, the future best player of all time in uh, the United States. We'll see about that. <laughs> Um, yeah, and another thing to look at for Team Canada is it's the first time 20 of the 22 skaters are first-round picks in the NHL. So that's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, um, it's insane. And, yeah, it's – oh, my God. It's going to be scary. I, I'd, I'd hate to be the United States facing this team. Yeah, a bunch uh, of fans have been saying – watch out, watch out, like, United States are going to be so good. It's like, look at Canada, like, they're so good. Yeah, I think the only the only way um, the United States, because, you know, everyone knows the favorites are usually Canada and the U.S. Um, there's there's the odd chance that there's an upset, like, Canada and Finland a few years back. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, you know, if the only way, say, Canada and U.S. get to the final – um, to the gold medal game. I think Spencer Knight is the only chance the U.S. has at stealing the gold medal from Canada. Yeah, I, I, I'd have to agree with you on that one. He's one of the best goalie prospects that I've ever, that I've ever seen. I've, I've followed hockey since uh, the draft since 2014, and he's him. Yaroslav Askarov and Jesper Wallstead um, in this upcoming draft are three that my top three um, most impressive goaltending prospects that I've ever had the chance to watch, and he's going to be something very special. Yeah, it's it's really it's really great to watch. Um, you know, uh, when when he was initially drafted initially drafted by uh, Florida a couple uh, twenty nineteen, I think it was. Um, I was kind of skeptical at first because they let Cole Caulfield pass them. Yeah. Um, but after looking into him and seeing the season he had in uh, Boston College, yeah. uh, he had a 931 save percentage in 33 games for his first year. Pretty, pretty impressive. And then, and then like this year he's got, uh, there's been four games so far as of, I think I took these notes yesterday or day before. He's a 9.55 save percentage, so the guy's nuts. Yeah. Uh, when do you when do you think uh, Knight would make the NHL? When would you guess he makes the transition? Uh, I I can't say enough. First of all, I cannot say enough good things about Knight. Um, like you said, he has such mm -hmm. a great start with Boston College and looks to be living up to the hype so far. Um, he moves so effortlessly in his net, and he's so good at tracking the puck. Um, 
the Panthers are going to have a tough decision to make in a few years because he will deserve the starting spot, but they're still paying Bobrovsky mm-hmm. $10 million. Um, yeah. I personally think that he'll be ready in the next three seasons. Um, he'll probably return to play at BC next season and will likely require a year in the AHL to get accustomed to the pro game. But I think once he gets to the NHL, he'll make his presence felt for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I, th- I totally agree. Um, the only little hiccup here, he's $10 million for the next six seasons. Um, I think, I, I don't, it's so hard. I love being a Panthers fan, and I hate being a Panthers fan, man. Um, like, I think, I think if Bobrovsky does has another poor year this year, which I pray to God he does not. But if he does, I think Knight could be in the NHL as soon as 2022. Um, just just because the Panthers are, they're kind of getting close to a could be a new time for the team because, you know, Barkov and Huberto only have two and three years left on their deals. So it's, it's, it's hard. Um, but I really hope uh, Bobrovsky becomes a mentor for him because I feel like that's, you know, one of the best mentors you can get is a veteran of, of his stature. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say he's, that's the only thing like you, you guys drafted him. And then like four days later, you signed Bobrovsky to the seven year contract. And even back then I was like, wow, that's a lot of money for a guy who hasn't really, he's, he's been a very solid goaltender, but he's never really, he's not worth that amount of money. Yeah. He's going to be, like you said, he's, he's, he's a great mentor. I can see him being, um, a bit of a stepping uh, or like a, a bounce block, bouncing block for night task, any advice of, and I think if he's willing to um, be a backup and kind of mentor the next generation of young goalies, then that's all you can ask for with um, Bobrovsky. Mm-hmm. Um, for the world juniors, uh, who's your early prediction for gold? I'm, I, I gotta go Canada. Just yeah. like you, like we talked about, up and down the lineup, there's no glaring issues. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's really nothing that you can comp- like. Russia is going to be good. U.S. is going to be good. Finland's going to be good. Sweden's going to be good. But when you look at their rosters compared to Canada's and the amount of hits that um, Sweden has lost over the past few days, it's in my opinion Canada's the favorite to win the gold. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think uh, who do you think is going to be Canada's like MVP? Uh, I'm going to have to go Kirby Doc just because he looked he didn't look out of place in the NHL, and now that he's back playing with um, kids his own age and junior, a bunch, like all of junior hockey players, he's I think he's going to look absolutely dominant. I wouldn't be surprised if he put like a 15 to 20 points. Like he's going to be so good. So I'm, I'm going to have to go with him. What about you? Mm-hmm. Um, I think being uh, a goalie defenseman and forward, um, my three choices would be whoever the starter is. Because if, say, they have uh, like a crazy world juniors and like put up great numbers, like no one would have expected that from some of these guys, like an average hockey fan would have no idea who they are. Um, So I think one of the goalies, if they impress, could steal it. 
uh, Bo and Byram, I think, um, you know, he was with the team last year, I believe, and he was he was pretty good. Um, I think, you know, he could take it if if he sets up a lot of guys. I, he's probably going to be the number one guy on the power play from the defense anyway. Um, him or Drysdale, I guess. Um, but for the forwards, and this is my pick, uh, I think Quentin Byfield's going to be the MVP for Canada. Uh, I think he's going to show uh, why he should have played last year. And, uh, you know, this might be his only ch- – is it his only chance at the World Juniors? Um, no, I he, think so. I, he can play next year, but I, I doubt it because yeah. he'll probably be in the NHL. Yeah. So I, I'd yeah. say this is his year to shine. Yeah, so this could could and very well – I think it will be his last shot at – bringing gold back when he actually gets some minutes with Canada. So I think I feel is going to be my MVP for Canada. Solid choice. Um, yeah. And yeah. So speaking of, we were talking about Borowski a bit. Um, how do you think he's going to do this year? Just, just looking at his um, not so good performance last year, the 900 save percentage. Uh, I know you as a Panthers fan are probably going to be offended by this, but. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, I've never really been a big Bobrovsky fan. Um, although he's won the Vezina and has a, had a good few seasons with the Blue Jackets, I always felt that there was a lot to be desired with the way he performed on a nightly basis. Um, I know Florida was in a tough spot with Luongo retiring and the fact that they needed a starting goaltender, but when they signed him to that contract, I knew that it, it, it looked like a mistake from the get-go. Um, don't get me wrong, he was outstanding with Columbus in the playoffs a few months before he signed the deal. But he proved again in his first season with Florida last year that he isn't what many people believe him to be. Um, Touching on the topic of him maybe bouncing back this year, I think he has enough talent to put up good numbers um, if he has the right team in front of him. Um, In my opinion, the best hockey he played was during those playoffs when they eliminated the Lightning. And that was also the best team that he's ever played with. Um, The Blue Jackets were a decent team beforehand, but I think the acquisition of Duchesne really helped the team win their first ever playoff series. Um, I think if the players yeah. in front of him can be at top at the top of their game, get consistent play from Barkov, who had a bit of a down season, um, guys like Uyghur stepping up into um, bigger roles. Uyghur has a ton of talent. Um, I think Bobrovsky could have a bounce back season and uh, could improve on um, last year because it was painful, to, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, speaking as a very dedicated Panthers fan, um, I agree that the contract was too much money. And, you know, at the time I was on, I was on a free agency high and I was super excited to have Sergei Bobrovsky. Yeah. And then, you know, it was like a month in and his save percentage was under 900. And I was like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> like we're screwed. Yeah. Uh, and then the end of the season rolled around and I thought, you know, maybe he'll bounce back in the second half. And then, you know, the season got canceled. So um, that didn't happen. Yeah. And then he, he was, he was okay in the, Islanders series that we played, even though we lost because, you know, we can't beat the Islanders in the playoffs. Um, we will touch base on that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, soft spot for um, John Ferris. I hate you, John Ferris. Um, so my thing with Bobrovsky is historically after he has a down year, and I have a feeling you knew I was going to yeah. say this, um, he bounced back with uh, a monster performance. And the last time he had a down year, which uh, was with the Blue Jackets, um, it was right before uh, he – anyway, he followed up 
that down year with uh, his Vesna, one of his Vesna winning trophies, um, which he got a 932 save percentage and a 2.06 goals against average with seven shutouts. So, like, I'm not saying he's going to be that good again. I'm just saying I hope he at least gets, you know, like a 910 to a 920 save percentage around there. That would be something that Quenville and the Panthers can work with. Yeah. I mean, you've got to hope for that. You guys, you he's one of the top. I think he's, what, the second highest paid goalie in the league? Yeah, price is the price. So you you got to hope that he's able to bounce back, and I hope for – Panthers fans sake and that that he he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the topic of goalies, um, Frederick Anderson of your Toronto Maple Leafs is um, rumors of him moving, be traded from Toronto last season uh, circled a little bit. It wasn't that big of a, you know, talked about thing, but um, this is his last contract. Um, do you think he's going to stay in Toronto? I'm, I'm worried about the whole Anderson situation um, and have been for the past few seasons. When he's on his game, he's, in my opinion, one of the best goalies in the NHL. But there has been many times where he has been so inconsistent. Uh, as a free agent after the mm-hmm. season, like you said, I'm, I'm praying that we're able to resign him at a good price. We have absolutely no one in the system that is ready for a starter role in the NHL. You've got Joseph Wall who just came off of his first rookie season in the AHL, struggled. I think he put up an 880 save percentage, so he's not ready. Um, and his potential isn't that high. I, I've never really thought that he could become like a star goalie. You've got Ian Scott, who just came off of hip surgery and ha- didn't play at all last season. So he's never even played a, a professional hockey game in his life, so he's not even close to being ready. And you've got Archer Ak- Aktiamov, who's playing – over in Russia, we just drafted him. And again, I don't think he's even ready to come over for at least a few seasons. So I really do hope the Leafs resign him. Uh, I would not want to have Jack Campbell and Aaron Dell as as my tandem for the Leafs because we're not going to get anywhere. Um, you know the struggles that we've seen living in Ontario with having Jonathan Bernier as our starting goalie. I just I wanted to shoot <laughs> myself every night. Um, uh, I've... I've like going back to Anderson, I've always been um, one that believes that Anderson would be a lot better um, if he didn't get let, left out to dry on a nightly basis. And now that we have gone out and hopefully addressed this issue with the additions of Bogosian and Brody, um, I hope I hope to see a better Anderson this upcoming season. And at the end of the at the end of the season, I really do hope that we resign. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if the Leafs don't make it past the first round, they're just going to let him go. Um, I think. You know, however good he does this year, um, he's going to get a raise from his $5 million cap hit right now. Yeah. Um, and, like, his his save percentage last year and his goals against average last year were both career lows um, as a starter. So, you know, I think no matter what, like I said, he's going to get a raise from $5.5 million. It's just a matter of if the Leafs can keep that a reasonable number. Um, you know, next year they have just about 15 million in cap, um, as of right now. Uh, and the, they have nine UFAs and one RFA, um, this coming free agency after, uh, this 56 game season. And, you know, some of those free agents include names like Dermot, uh, 
Anderson, like I just said, and uh, Zach Hyman. So, you know, it's they're gonna put they're gonna have to put their money um, where where into Hyman. I think Hyman's gonna make quite a bit, and then they also have to worry about Morgan Riley, which expires after the next season. So, we're, it's we're gonna scared. be an interesting situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I was happy we resigned Dermot, but I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, we have, we've got free agents next season as well. Um, again, yeah. Dermot, Dermot was a steal at under a million. He's going to prove himself mm-hmm. that he's going to need a raise. He deserves it. He's one of our best defensemen, in my opinion. Hyman, I absolutely love him. He's the way he plays. Everyone expect everyone loves to watch the big four. Neilander, Marner, Matthews, and Tavares, but Hyman just carries that line. He's always battling for the puck. He wins the puck back, and then he gives it off to them, and they work their magic. So he's – I know a lot of teams would love to get their hands on him, and if he does hit free agency, he's as good as gone because the Leafs aren't going to be able to afford him. And same thing with Anderson. We're, we're so cap-strapped right now that it's like if we – if he even gets – like if he gets over 6 or $7 million, like, like he probably is going to because – Goalies like that don't hit the free agency market often. We're we're gonna yeah. be out of a starting goaltender and one of our top six forwards. So it's gonna be really painful. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of cap strap, um, Vegas is slightly over the cap by I think one or two million. Um so you know, there was there was rumblings that, you know, Flurry was gonna get moved and then they denied it, and then they said maybe Pacioretty last week, and then they denied it. Uh, you know, Marsha Schultz could be one of those guys. Um, do you think any of these three are going to be moved by Vegas before the season? Uh, I, I thought for sure that they'd move someone. Uh, I was surprised when I heard the Pat Dreddy news, to be honest. He was one of their best players on the ninth last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they wanted to, and they, and then they wanted to go ahead and get rid of him. Like I was questioning that if I'm Kelly McCrimmon, I'm looking at getting rid of, like you said, Flurry and Marsha Schultz before patches. Like the Knights have, finally realized that the cap has come to bite them in the butt. And I really don't want to see another team bail them out like the past. Like I understand that Nate Schmidt is a good defender and a character guy in the dressing room, but I was angry that the Canucks took him on and that allowed the Knights to get Petrangelo. Uh, it would be a mistake to get rid of Patch before seeing if they can offload one of the other two. Um, it would, it would make the price that they paid for Patch that much more painful if they decided to trade him just because they gave up um, a, a, a player that's looking really, really good. Nick Suzuki and Tomas Tatar. So I don't know. Uh, I know, like you, like I mentioned, Bill Foley shut those rumors down, but I think if you're um, Vegas, they've got to be cap compliant. And I think they're definitely going to make a move before the season starts. And you've got to hope that it's not Patrick. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, so in like showing what their contracts is, Patrick has 7 million cap hit for three more seasons. Uh, Marsha Schultz has five million for four more seasons, and Flurry has seven for two more. So, getting rid of one of these guys would not only get them under the cap, but it would have them have a little bit of wiggle room uh, for the season if they decide to make any moves. Um, it's not that much, but if they want to do anything dramatic, um, it gives them a little bit of space to work with. Um, personally, I think they should move Marsha Schultz because although he is a good player. He put up 47 points last year, which is like, you know, average um, for, for a, for a first or second line forward. Um, And I think some teams that could be interested in any of these guys would be 
uh, Ottawa, the Kings, maybe they have a lot of cap, uh, Colorado possibly. Um, although I don't know how, how much room they have now after, uh, free agency. And then Florida is one of the teams with lots of money. So they're always in the conversation. Um, I would love to see a Marshall reunion in Florida after we were stupid to let him go to Vegas in the first place. Um, Along with Riley Smith. Yes. Yes. Matthew, thank you for reminding me. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It, it would be back in, Florida, but uh, yeah, I doubt that happens, but you know, who knows? Bill Zito got rid of Matheson. He can do anything. Yeah. That was <laughs> Dump him off at the the guy who deserves to be in a retirement home because you guys stole. I don't know how you guys managed to get rid of Mike Matheson and for Patrick Hornquist. And I don't know how we got a first round pick out of Casper Capitan, but I'll take that any of those deals any day of the week. So I, we're both laughing. Yeah. The Maple Leafs and the Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I don't understand what the offseason. Um, Clearly, they have some sort of plan that they think uh, is going to work. But uh, I don't know. You know, Crosby and Malkin can do anything when when they're playing. So I guess we shouldn't underestimate them. Um, well, I think uh, that pretty much wraps it up for this week. So uh, thank you for listening to those who have been listening the whole time. And uh, follow us on Twitter at the hockey underscore wired pod, P-O-D. Uh, let us know what you think about the episode. Um, and reach out with any suggestions for topics as we'd love to talk about uh, whatever you're wondering about the hockey universe. So uh, Matt, where can the people find you and what do you got going on from the hockey writers? Yeah. Uh, we're gearing up for uh, world junior coverage. Uh, we've got finals um, over the next few weeks, but I'm going to be releasing uh, when team Finland announces their roster, I'm going to be releasing that article. So you guys can keep an eye out for that. And uh, you can find my work at, of course, the Hockey Writers, and uh, I'm not there anymore, but um, I, I wrote a, a bunch of articles for Last Word on Hockey, so if you just type my name into Google, uh, those articles should come up as well, and you can find me at Twitter at Sheridan underscore Matt. Awesome, awesome. And uh, you can find me at Prosik Tyler on Twitter. Prosik is P-R-O-C-Y-K. And then uh, on Instagram, it's Tyler R. Prosik underscore. So you can uh, find me there. And uh, for the hockey writers, um, although I don't see a lot of Panthers fans, you know, I get a decent amount of views on my articles. So go check out my hockey writers um, articles uh, in the next couple days. I hope I'll be coming out with the Panthers Christmas wish list and, and with over the line sports, uh, which is a, you know, Ryerson student off campus article people and you know it's a great place for junior writers and uh, a lot of great articles on there so be sure to check out the site and uh, I think I have a couple of Jays articles coming out so if you're interested in baseball go check that out and uh, so thank you for joining us again and uh, we'll talk to you next time.